Church, we continue in our worship time uh, praying with God as God is with us. And we have a lot to pray about and we have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, our pastor, Sam, Samantha, let me give you a quick update. She got the green light in her ninth month of pregnancy this past week. Everything is good. Only problem, she developed a cold and a sore throat, uh, scratchy throat this week and decided she really couldn't go today. So all of us are, are glad we could step in for her. We also give thanks for the ministries of this church all during this period of time, not the least of which uh, is our salt and light uh, food pantry with uh, the police department of uh, the West Precinct. And this summer, in conjunction with a number of churches and a grant from Second Harvest, youth, scouts, everybody, we distributed 150 tons of food to neighbors in this community. We took a check last week, I believe it was, to East End United Methodist Church, one of our sister churches, and you remember that church was devastated with the last tornado. We gave them $13,000 in their transition and recovery opportunity. We are grateful for Landale and our, our Children's Center and all of our children's ministry. Let us pray. O oh, glorious God of creation and blessing, you made all things full of life. You made all things to be and to do, to advance and to go forth. And you made all things to need rest. Our earth, our bodies, our spirits need rest. But we are people of work. We work to have livelihood. We work to create, to build, to pioneer into the future. But sometimes we allow or are compelled to let our work overtake us. Our work then tends to become drudgery, weariness, other than creativity. Sometimes we even worship our work. Our identities and status get wrapped up in it and our rank is at stake. Deliver us. Deliver us, O oh God, of creation of compassion and mercy for those who work many and long, hard hours every day just to survive. Give strength and relief, O oh God. Sustain those who work meaningless jobs and reap no pleasure. Blessed are the weary. And for those of us who work incessantly by choice, help us not to lose contact with all that sustains us. Allow us to listen to our bodies, our emotions, our relationships that cry out sometimes for us to stop. For the systems in which we are all caught up, systems that value production over people, break in, O oh God, and disrupt in ways that allow us to reset things. 
Help us to fall in love with you, with our neighbor. Help us to fall in love with nature, the beautiful skies, the land. May we cherish all living things on earth and help us make friends with the wisdom of the earth, its power, its vibrance. Let us receive healing from nature and let us receive healing from one another. May your church, this church, our church, be the center of your mission, O God, to the world, who loves the world and longs for its beauty and fulfillment. Lift up those among us who are hurting and suffering. Grant them wholeness and health and peace. We pray this prayer in the name of the Lord Jesus, who taught us to pray when he said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Again, I greet you on this Sabbath day. Sabbath day in all Christian worship is a moment in time in which God can renew us and recreate us. That's why God gave us Sabbath in the first place. Sabbath, uh, honoring Sabbath is not about God's ego. It's about our sustenance and even survival. Two months ago, Pastor Sam conceived this series, Jubilee, for August, believing that we would be finally free from the pandemic that has so haunted us for a year and a half. We're almost, aren't we? We're almost. We're getting close. We've had a setback. We have challenges. Pastor Sam and the rest of us decided we're going to have Jubilee anyway. And please come Friday night for the big celebration of Jubilee. Activities, band, good food, singing, dancing, the big band music of the era we all love. You'll have fun. Jubilee is about observing and living the rhythm of the year of the Lord's favor. The prophet Isaiah proclaimed it so loudly, and our Lord Jesus took that text for his very first sermon in Luke's Gospel. Jubilee. You see, God created us to be active and have capacities, have a mind and a heart to do things and to build and to help God develop God's creation into its fullness. And we're about that. It's been phenomenal, the progress of life on earth, particularly human life in the last couple of hundred thousand years. Uh, we've almost outpaced ourselves, haven't we? God, God did all of that. God created us to do things. But God also knew something else about us. And that would be our tendency to work too hard, too long, 
for the wrong things. And we know about that, don't we? So God conceived us and creation to need rest, to need a break, to need at times to set things, to level the playing field and have a fresh start. So God gave us Sabbath. And then in the wisdom of the Hebrew mind, as they discerned God and understood God, they started writing it down. And Leviticus 25 is a great example. Now, Leviticus is not anything we use for bedtime reading, is it? And it's a little tedious. It's about a lot of rules and regulations, but it was about the Hebrew heart trying to understand all of the dimensions of Sabbath. And therefore, the writer said in this 21st chapter, every seventh year, there shall be a Sabbath of complete rest for the land. That is shocking and revolutionary. And in the nature of a command, it says, there shall be. We don't know the extent to which Israel observed the, all of the details of Sabbath and Jubilee. We, we don't know. But the principle of it is very important that the, to the extent anybody or any group, any part of Israel, any part of the world observed it was good and healthy for them. Again, God knew we would overwork, that we would want more and more. God knew we would tend to accumulate and store up and stash and even hoard. God knew that we would drive ourselves at times and even worse that we would drive others in work. God knew we would overreach, overuse, become weary and push ourselves to exhaustion. So God said after as you shall, you must rest. Take a break. Stop striving. The literal translation of, uh, translation of Sabbath is cease and desist. Stop. So you can catch up with life and life can catch up with you. And we can remember with joy and thanksgiving our Creator. You know where this text is heading. We fast forward a couple of thousand years. We're in the beginning of the 21st century. And then we hear the command to rest the land and rest ourselves and for every 50th year to declare liberty for all of the inhabitants 
of the land, including the slaves and including the livestock. It should come across to us as refreshing. It should come across as uh, hopeful. And I, I believe it does. But now in the 21st century, we, we, we are in desperate need of Jubilee. Couldn't be any, any clearer. Could not be any clearer. And you can go down the list of climate change, of how our human activity has put us on the brink, how uh, the land is changing, how the land can be worn out, how at some point our fertilizers and chemicals won't do the job anymore, how water is now a finite resource and it, it horrifies me to see the lakes in the west my wife and I, Rita, were at Lake Powell about two years ago. It's so beautiful, and to see it now is just, it, it's horrifying to me. It's a circumstance of, of, of our environment. It's, it's nobody in particular's fault. I read an article this past week of those who study the ocean currents. And it really got my attention for an oceanographer scientist to say that there, there is a way that the oceans set the temperature of the earth, the way it cycles cooler and warmer water, and it's, it's our thermostat, and it is on the edge of being reversed. In November, there is a global summit in Norway. A British scientist is heading that, organizing, and will be leading it. This British scientist writes this week something sobering to me. The world will soon face catastrophe from climate breakdown if urgent action is not taken. He says catastrophe is the best word and the only word he could come up with. We're seeing it all around the world every day. He says this conference is going to be the starkest warning yet that human behavior is alarmingly accelerating global warming. And this is why this conference has to be the moment, the moment we get it right. We can't afford to wait two more years, five more. Ten more. Now, this is all gloomy for us. We are tempted on the edge of fatalism. That is to say, it's too late. We can't stop it. We can't, you know, that, that's a temptation. Many, many have adopted that. Probably more have adopted the posture of denial. Uh, we won't be able to do any of that uh, much longer. But I stop and think, God has something to do with this. 
God has not abandoned us. God's love for this world and you and me and our future is as steadfast as ever. God is not finished with us. God is working in and through us. God gave us minds and hearts to do something. God is working overtime to help us. That's why God gave us Jubilee. We, we have worked ourselves, we've tried as a human uh, family to work ourselves into a Sabbath-free existence, haven't we? I mean, we, the fact that you're here this morning is a radical act of counterculture behavior. The fact that anybody's listening to us, thank you for that. We have to continue that and go deeper. So we've evolved ourselves a 24-7 world without Sabbath, for the most part. Now I want to raise an exception, which I don't want to be misunderstood. Not a single one of us would have wanted this pandemic with the devastation and the death and the disruption it has caused. And we are changed forever. We're not through with it. We better get ready for the next waves of it. But one of the things the pandemic did was stop us for a while. And many had to stay home, had the paycheck cut off, manufacturing stopped, we quit driving our cars, We got a little more rest. We saved money. We discovered our homes and our families. Not for everybody. And some of our cities could see the mountain range for the first time in decades. Los Angeles, Denver because we weren't driving our cars. The pandemic was a forced Sabbath, a forced jubilee. I don't like forced jubilees, but we got a glimpse into what it might be like if on occasion we stopped. It was the Great Reset, as some are calling it. And it started so many things. It affected our economy, our, our travel, our ways of life. It, it affected vocation and jobs and, and all the rest. It affected government. And it's led to something they're calling the Great Resignation. Have you read about that? It's, it's what happened when people had a moment to think about going back to work and, and their vocation and their work and are they happy and is this fulfilling me and it's it's called something we hadn't ever experienced I believe in in this country people uh, reassessing their lives so we we have we have lessons that Jubilee has taught us to be awakened to the moment to realize the Jubilee in in even the hard moments to lean into the rhythms of Sabbath and Jubilee to gather companions of Sabbath around ourselves, to reach out and open ourselves to the higher, 
higher power of God and grace, goodness, the higher power of nature to practice this kind of freshness and reset, to pray and meditate and journal, and to give ourselves in service to something beyond ourselves. That's all about Sabbath. That's all about Jubilee. And here we, we should take some comfort and be grateful that we've continued the way we have with resolve. We've stuck together and we're doing good in the world. Jubilee is best expressed, I believe, with the prophet Isaiah chapter 61. You'll be familiar with these words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to release the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to comfort all who mourn, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint heart. They will be called oaks of righteousness and the planting of the Lord to display His glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. And when our Lord Jesus went into the synagogue on that Sabbath, took the text from the prophet Isaiah, he read these very words. And then the revolutionary thing he said after, the, after he read the scripture, these words are true in your hearing today. May God lead us into God's future that we might live long and well in the land. Amen.